Assemble the squad. I wish to join this fellowship of butt kickery. Cause we're going on a quest. Prepare the royal jet. We are going back to America. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend, Friday, March 5th through Sunday, March 7th. We're counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies, but first, your entertainment headlines. The upcoming impeachment season of FX's American Crime Story, which centers on the events surrounding the Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky scandal, has cast it's Hillary Clinton. Four-time Emmy winner Edie Falco will play the first lady and future Secretary of State in the Ryan Murphy anthology series. The Sopranos and Nurse Jackie star will feature opposite Clive Owen as Bill Clinton. Booksmart star Beanie Feldstein is Lewinsky, while Sarah Paulson plays Linda Tripp. Who's ready to party down? Stars has announced that it is resurrecting that beloved comedy, which was canceled some 10 years ago, for a six-part limited series. The original creative team is back, including Rob Thomas and Paul Rudd, but Stars has not yet revealed which members of the cast will return. The original starred Jane Lynch, Adam Scott, Ken Marino, Martin Starr, Ryan Hansen, Lizzie Kaplan, and Megan Mullally. For more on those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and much more, head over to EW.com. All right, let's stop dragging our feet and get into this weekend's picks. First up is the latest movie from Disney Animation, Raya and the Last Dragon, starring Kelly Marie Tran and Aquafina as the title characters. Set in the fantastical land of Kumandra, the movie follows the warrior princess Raya on a quest to save the realm from sinister monsters known as the Droon. To do so, she must track down the last dragon in existence, Sisu a young and goofy water dragon who is uh, not quite what our hero was expecting. They'll have to learn to trust each other and work together to stop evil for good. Raya is the first Disney film with a majority Asian-American cast, which also includes Daniel Day Kim, Sandra Oh, Gemma Chan, and Benedict Wong, and the first to be inspired by Southeast Asian culture. The cast recently assembled for EW's Around the Table series, and Tran spoke about why she was so excited to be part of the movie. I think there's so many incredible things about this movie. Not only that, just recognizing the legacy of what Disney animated films are, but also being part of a movie that is purposely trying to broaden the narrative. I feel bad. Aquafina's heard me say this maybe 50 times. No, I can't. <laughs> she's, and then she, every time she's like, I'm so interested. I am. I am. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, being part of something that's that's broadening the narrative in terms of what do we think when we think of the words princess, when we think of the words hero. It's really cool just knowing how I think significant this movie is going to be. Daniel, I think, talked about this and, and Sandra did too earlier about, you know, just knowing that kids are going to be watching this and, and hopefully seeing themselves for, uh, I hope it's not the first time. <laughs> You can check out that full conversation at EW.com, and Raya and the Last Dragon is now available to purchase on Disney+. Before we move on to our number four pick, we have some awards-worthy recommendations from Lupita Nyong'o. EW's Marcus Jones recently spoke to the Oscar winner, who also wrote the award-winning children's book Solway and narrated its recently released audiobook, and Marcus asked her, what you watching? 
Well, I'm not watching much TV right now, but I have been, because it's award season and all that jazz, I have been watching a lot of the international films. And um, one that really resonated for me was a film called Better Days from Hong Kong. It is this incredible story about, this is a love story, but it's also about bullying in schools and just the layers of it are so beautiful. I love it when a movie it hits the sweet spot of like being like decadently dark, but also with so much light that you feel good at the end of it. And this movie manages to do that. It breaks your heart, and but then it also just like puts flowers in it. I love that movie. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful love story. Very, very modern. And then there's another film called You Will Die at 20, which is from Sudan. And that one is about this guy who, from birth, his mother gets told that by some spiritual person that he will die at 20. And what does he do? How does he approach his 20th birthday? And it's also very beautifully shot and the acting is superb. And I, I just loved the, the pacing of that. Oh, and then there's also um, My Octopus Teacher, which I watched on Netflix. That documentary is astounding. So beautiful. So, so beautiful to watch. And also very, very moving. I don't think I'm ever going to eat octopus again. Great choices there to expand your diet of international films and reduce your diet of seafood. You can find Better Days on digital platforms and You Will Die at 20 in virtual cinemas, which help support independent movie theaters across the country. Now, back to today's picks. From the land of Kumandra to the fantastical realm of... Queens, New York. Our number four pick is Coming to America. That's the number two, which arrives on streaming today. Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall return as Prince, now King Akeem, and his trusted aide Semi, who head back to Queens when they learn Akeem may have a long-lost son living stateside. They embark on another adventure to retrieve Akeem's son, Lavelle, and bring him back to Zamunda to claim his place as heir to the throne. Here's a preview. I've just discovered that I may have a son here in this land. How much child support is she getting from? The king pays no child support. No child support for 30 years and you came back? You was a dummy! (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I am Hakim Jaffer, king of Zamunda. You are the heir to the throne. Yes, my son. He's supposed to be like the prince of Wakanda. Wakanda is a fictional place. Not to everybody. Zamunda is a very real nation. I don't need no handout. Wait a minute. All right, I'm gonna pay. Okay, baby. <laughs> Presenting King Akeem's son from America. And my mom's. And his mom's. And so begins a culture clash comedy for a new age. Also returning are original cast members James Earl Jones, Sherry Headley, and John Amos, while Jermaine Fowler, Leslie Jones, Tracy Morgan, Wesley Snipes, and more join the cast. Coming to America has graced Amazon Prime Video with its presence. You can stream it now. After all this talk of kingdoms and thrones, our number three pick involves some royals who are a little less fictional. 
Oprah Winfrey is sitting down with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Harry and Meghan, for the couple's first interview since they stepped down as senior members of the royal family last year. The two-hour, wide-ranging conversation will begin with Meghan and Winfrey discussing marriage, motherhood, Meghan's philanthropic work, how she handles life under intense public pressure, and more. Later, Prince Harry will join the two as the couple speak about their move to the U.S. and their future hopes and dreams for their expanding family. Here's a preview with Harry discussing his late mother, Diana. You know, for me, I'm just really relieved and happy to be sitting here talking to you with my wife by my side because I can't begin to imagine what it must have been like for her going through this process by herself all those years ago because it has been unbelievably tough for the two of us, but at least we had each other. Winfrey says in the special that there's, quote, no subject that's off limits for discussion, while her longtime friend Gail King revealed that the longtime talk show host considers it her best interview ever. Tune in to CBS at 8 p.m. on Sunday to see how it plays out. It's trivia time. Today, our question is about Megan. The Duchess's first on-screen role was on what long-running soap opera, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, or Guiding Light? Stick around for the answer. Our top two picks and soundbite of the week are coming up. What to Watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Well, folks, the reminders are everywhere. This month is the one-year anniversary of quarantine and lockdown. To mark the occasion, Jimmy Fallon and The Tonight Show turned the opening musical number from Beauty and the Beast into a song lamenting the last 12 months of boredom, relived days, and Zoom calls. Enter John Legend, who's seemingly been enjoying the downtime, sleeping in, and taking long baths. What he admits next is our soundbite of the week. I've forgotten what I need, and I haven't waxed my chest since quarantine week three. All right, so this soundbite's also kind of visual, but just picture John Legend's chest covered in hair. Very beast-like. Number two. The end is near for WandaVision fans, that is. The final episode of Marvel's twisty genre-hopping series drops on Disney Plus today, and as usual, we have 
very little idea of what to expect. After last week's game-changing episode, there are a lot of loose threads still dangling. Although, this being Marvel, it's very possible those threads could continue into upcoming projects. To recap, and fair warning, we're about to reveal spoilers for last week's episode, we now know that Wanda created the show's strange sitcom reality in a fit of grief over Vision's death. And if you stuck around for that mid-credits scene, you know that S.W.O.R.D. found a way to reactivate Vision's body, potentially setting up a Wanda versus Vision showdown in the finale. EW's Devin Kogan recently asked WandaVision director Matt Shackman to tease the final episode, and of course, he wouldn't get too specific. But here's what he did say. As we're going into, you know, sort of this final episode, uh, what do you hope people take away from the finale? I hope that they're that they feel like the journey uh, was satisfying for them. Um, I know there are so many theories out there. There will be a lot of people who will no doubt be disappointed by one theory or another. But we were always telling the story about Wanda dealing with grief and and learning um, how to accept that loss. And hopefully, people will find that the finale is surprising, but also satisfying, and that it, it feels inevitable that it's the same story they've been watching the whole time. Oh, that is intriguing. And fortunately, you don't have to wait any longer to find out how you feel about the finale. You can stream that on Disney Plus right now. But before you go... It's time for our number one pick, RuPaul's Drag Race. Tonight's episode brings the most anticipated challenge of the season, the Snatch Game, with the queens assembling their best celebrity impersonation to wow the judges. We're expecting Simone as Harriet Tubman and Utica as Bob Ross, among others. But the big question is, how will this typically crucial challenge shake up this season's competition? EW's resident RuPaul's Drag Race expert Joey Nolfi joins me now, hopefully as himself and not impersonating blank, to talk about all things Snatch Game. Hey, Joey, how are you? Hello, I'm impersonating a very, very tired person in quarantine. That's my Snatch Game celebrity. That's what I wrote down on my blue card, so (laughs) great. Points all around. Okay, before we dive into uh, this Season 13 episode, I I first want to ask about this challenge in general. It is probably the most anticipated episode of any season, and and there are obvious reasons for that, because it's just a lot of fun. There's the name. Uh, But in terms of the actual competition, give us a little insight into into how this has been a kind of make-or-break situation for many of the queens through the years. Yeah, I think that's the reason reason it is such a fan favorite challenge is that it really separates people in really unique ways at a defining point in the competition. It's the definitive drag race challenge. It can take someone who is a front runner and sort of show cracks in their armor, like Evie Oddly sort of bombing as Whoopi Goldberg. Although I don't yeah. think that that performance is that awful or someone like Priyanka on Canada's Drag Race, who is really, really, really hilarious, but bombed as Miss Cleo. And then you go, on the other hand, have fashion queens like Aquaria and Gigi Good, who people only thought would be good at turning looks, doing really amazing in this challenge. So it really tests all the facets of a well-rounded performer in the context of Drag Race. With improv, comedy, performing, and star quality, it's just the ultimate definitive Drag Race challenge. 
Yeah, and and memes are made of this. Gifts are made of this. I'm thinking of uh, Jujubee and the, um, you know, uh, uh, seven. What is it? Seventy. Oh, st- sensible seventy four yes. or Ben de la Creme uh, yeah. as Maggie Smith. It's just yeah, great for memes too. Cannot wait uh, to see how this all plays out. Okay, so let's get into this episode specifically. Uh, who do you know is impersonating whom? So I think from the brief preview that the blink it and you'll miss it preview that they showed yep. of this episode, um, I'm looking forward to Utica as Bob Ross, <laughs> which, you know, yep. Uti- that, that wig is unmistakable. Yes. Bob Ross hair. But the rest of Bob Ross, I think, was filtered through a distinctly Utica lens. So we yep. will see how that uh, plays out. Candy Muse is apparently doing Patrick Starr, the makeup guru. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting as well. Um Candy really looks like Patrick in the preview that we saw, so that should be interesting. But the one that intrigues me the most is it appears that Simone is playing Harriet Tubman. So, so yeah, I, we'll let that one speak for itself. But how I think <laughs> to make Harriet Tubman funny is going to be the big question here. Yes, especially since I think in the past there were other queens who wanted to do historical figures that would have been viewed as somewhat controversial, I think. Not saying that Harriet Tubman herself is controversial, but doing her in the context of a comedy challenge might be viewed by some as controversial. So we'll see how Simone uh, takes to that one. <laughs> Yeah, agree. And and someone who I think has been um, pretty consistently funny this season as well is Gottmik. I cannot wait to see what Gottmik does. Um, and, and it's also always interesting to me to see who has uh, plans to do one thing. And then once RuPaul comes into the workroom and they discuss, Ru kind of is like, mm, maybe yeah. you shouldn't because you don't have the voice down. There's something odd with the look. So that can change things, too. Yes, absolutely. If RuPaul tells you in the walkthrough that is a goddamn laugh riot, you better change course. <laughs> exactly. All right. Who do you think uh, stands to benefit the most from this challenge? I think that we probably need to see Tina Burner stand out here because she has been touting herself sort of as the, the comedy queen of the season, but she has not won a challenge yet. And I think she really stands to gain the most ground here because she is so funny and quick on her feet. I also think Denali needs to step it up and do something really, really well here. And she seems to be very smart and quick on her feet as well. But I really think that this could be the defining moment for frontrunners like Simone uh, and Gottmik. Because as you're saying, this is, you know, Gottmik has been very, very funny throughout the whole season, but uh, I think has not gotten the proper chance to shine in a starring way in a challenge yet. She was sort of a supporting player in the Bossy Rossi show. Uh, So this really stands to put her talents front and center. Same with Simone, who did really well in the acting challenges earlier, but the spotlight will more be on her alone in the Snatch Game challenge. So uh, I think my eyes are on both of them to do really well. All right. Well, we will see what happens there. RuPaul's Drag Race tonight, 8 o'clock on VH1. Thanks, Joey. Of course. Thanks, Jared. By the way, Joey and EW Digital News Director Jillian Cedarholm co-host our EW Binge podcast, where they have gone through every season of RuPaul's Drag Race, and they've been joined by some very special guests. When they covered season eight, they talked to Naomi Smalls, as well as Bob the Drag Queen, who talked about her two characters in Snatch Game. Take a listen. So I want to talk about Snatch Game. You both had vastly different outcomes in it. Bob, did you plan, did you go in planning to do both those characters and did you get any pushback if you did? Well, I I had different characters planned and then when I got there, I couldn't choose. 
So I just decided to, I actually snuck my Carol Channing onto the set. I had it tucked under my shirt because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't ask permission. I wasn't like, can I do two? I was like, I'm just going to, I just can't choose. So I'm just going to do two. I think it would wow. be such a gag if at the very last minute, because RuPaul <laughs> does this thing. I was, I didn't know, realize this. RuPaul does this thing where she goes, all right, this is the last question. So make this one count. She does mm-hmm. that. She lets everyone know this is the last question. Mm-hmm. So really give this one your all. Um, and that was when I, and I was luckily the the very last one. So I had time to do the whole change and um, oh switch God. up my look. Bob absolutely killed it. You can check out that episode and more from our EW Binge series wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Trivia. And finally this weekend, the answer to our trivia question. Meghan Markle's first on-screen role was on what long-running soap opera? Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, or Guiding Light? Well, Meghan was wearing PPE before it was cool. She got her start playing a nurse on General Hospital. That is our show for this weekend. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you on Monday, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm senior TV editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW, and I'm at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly Usden.